Glad you're here. I thank God for you. Um, I want to greet those joining us online. We love you guys. Um, man, I'm, I haven't preached here in a month. I'm starting to get the shakes. I had to call the church leadership and beg them to let me preach again. And uh, when I got them on the phone, they, they said, uh, well, we're sorry. We don't think you're ready. And I was like, not ready? What do you mean? I'll tell you what, I, listen, I will send you a copy of my sermon. You can look at it and see that I'm ready. And so I sent them uh, the manuscript and a couple of days go by and I call them again and I said, did you get my sermon? Uh, yeah. Um, well, what did you think? Uh, well, we, uh, sorry, but we still don't think that you're ready. I said, what? I'm begging you, I, I really wanna preach. Listen, I'll do it for free. They said, now you're ready. I hope you're ready for me. Uh, I thank God for you. Yeah. If you're with us for the first time, man, we're delighted that God has brought you, but you've caught us at a defining moment, maybe a defining season for our church because today we launch an exciting season celebrating our church called I Love My Church. Yeah. How many of you love Central Christian? Praise the Lord. You know, for, for over 40 years, I have loved this place. Through the years, had opportunities, um, invited to go and be the pastor to other churches, other places. But you know what kept me here? I just wanted to see what God continued to do. I mean, he is so outstanding. He keeps showing up and showing up and showing off here. I mean, one of the great things about being the pastor here for over 40 years, I had a ringside seat to seeing God miraculously make a way, make a way, make a way time and time again when there was no way. 42 years ago when my Debbie and I agreed to come and serve as uh, your pastor. It was, Central was just a small church of maybe 70 families in a humble building uh, on the other side of town. In fact, when we first got here for, to be interviewed, I wanted to see the church. And so uh, we found it and drove around it looking for a place to park. Didn't even have a parking lot. That's how humble the situation was. Um, but God had greater things in mind for Central uh, than me or that building. God wanted us to be a regional church. God called us to transform the entire state line area into a Christ-like community so that even now, even battling our way through COVID, every weekend we reach over 1,700 people in person, online, in Spanish, in English, at Janesville, in Beloit. God is good and to, be God, and to God be all the glory. Um, we just have sold out to the mission of our church over the last 40 or so years. In fact, let me ask you, how many of you, I'm gonna ask you to stand in a second. If you were not in our church um, in 1981 when I first came, would you stand up please? If you were not here in 1981, Oh my gosh, look what God has done. I'm grateful you said yes to God. I'm grateful that he brought you here. Okay, be seated a second because I got one more ask. I would like to ask you to stand if you were not yet born in 1981. 
If you weren't born yet in 1980, oh man, I'm really mad at you guys. <laughs> I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad we have a, a young church. Um, if you're unaware of our mission, our mission is to know Jesus and to make him known. That's all that we are about. You see, I still have a dream. I still have a dream of a church that just sells out to help people far from God find their way back to home to him, back home to him, back home to him. May never have been to church your whole life. But when God draws you, he draws you back home to himself. That's why when you come here, you say, man, I felt comfortable. I felt loved. I felt like I belonged right from the start. That's God. People say, I just felt at home. That's, that's God. I still dream of a church that's devoted to be the hands and feet of Jesus, feeding hungry people as we do every weekend, every Wednesday. People show up here. Hungry people from our area, and we load them up with a week's worth of groceries every Wednesday. I still dream of a church that helps hurting children, the orphan, the kids, the hundreds of kids that make up our central kids. I still dream of a church that shows high value and unconditional acceptance, a place of safe and belonging to all teenagers everywhere. I still dream of a church that bears the all-inclusive heart of Jesus for all people, where all kinds of people are welcome, all colors of people are welcome, all cultures of people are welcome, without restriction, without restraint. I still dream of a church where the main thing is always the main thing, and the main thing is always Jesus. I dream of a church that transforms this entire region into a Christ-like community. Let me show you our vision video crafted by our creative arts team. I want to thank God for the wake-up calls he gives us. Sometimes it, it's so good. He wakes us up to his goodness. I'm, I mean, back in the 80s, in that little building on the other side of town, God gave us a wake-up call. I remember one of the men, one of our leaders saying, or I said, you know, let's shoot for the moon and settle for something in between. And this guy said, let's shoot for the stars and settle on the moon. Well, God brought us out here to this piece of property on Milwaukee Road. Uh, it was 10 acres of land. Uh, we bought it for $7,000 an acre. Can you imagine that before Walmart, before the restaurants, before the hotels, and um, now I have no idea how much property. We have over 20 acres of land now. Um, and what it would be worth, who knows? But that's our good God to put us at the confluence, confluence of two interstates. I remember when they broke curb to bring in uh, Willowbrook. They thought they were bringing people to Walmart. I knew they were bringing people to Jesus. <laughs> Initially, back in 1989, this, that, this land was just dirt. And I remember coming out and praying with our people. <laughs> and everybody in the congregation had blue hair. Um, we were old, except for me and my kids. Anyway, um, we just prayed God raised up out of this dirt a place where you'll get glorified. He raised up our chapel that we worshiped in for about eight years. And then he raised up our family life center um, that we worshiped in for eight or 10 years. And then he raised up this dream center where we worship now. He raised up our world-class uh, children's center. And he just keeps showing up and showing off to his glory. Sometimes wake-up calls are not all that pleasant. I got one of those 
about four months ago, seven o'clock, Tuesday morning on June 7th. I picked up the phone. It was my brother. And he was calling to tell me that my dad, our dad, had passed away. And in the emotional aftermath of that phone call, I had this awareness, this wake-up call about heaven and hell and life and death. It occurred to me that one day, death would happen to me. I mean, one day death will happen to you. Death happens to everyone. We all have expiration dates on our body. It occurred to me that death will come to call on all your family members, on all my neighbors, on our coworkers, our colleagues, our classmates. And the question is, will we be ready? Will I be ready? Will you be ready? Like my dad was ready. My dad, when his eyes closed in death, they instantaneously opened up in the presence of the Lord that he had loved and served and worshiped for all his life. I want to be in heaven with my dad. I want to be in heaven with you forever, shouting out before the throne of God, doing what we love best with those we love most. But more than that, I want all of the state line region in heaven. And so somebody's got to tell them. And so I decided this is the time for me even though I'm an old guy, to draw a line in the sand and make a recommitment that whatever is left of my life, the the rest of my life, I want to spend helping people come to know Jesus. Well, that was my defining moment, at least one of them in my life, four months ago when my dad passed. Well, 2,000 years ago, a guy named Peter and his 11 closest friends, they had a wake-up moment. They had a defining moment. They were clustered together with Jesus huddled around him. They were his 12 disciples. And Jesus had two pointed questions for them. And they were really, really super uncomfortable, felt really awkward because they were in an unbelieving area. Nobody here believed in the one true and loving God. No one worshiped God. Here's the question Jesus asked, first question. He looks him in the eye and he says, who are those people saying, I am? Who do they say that I am? And the disciples are like, oh man, Uh, you know, it's kind of crazy, Lord. Word on the street is you're like some religious celebrity come back from the dead, like one of those old prophets of God in the old days, or like you're John the Baptist, come back from the dead. I know it's crazy, but that's word on the street. Jesus said, okay, who do you say that I am? You've been with me 24-7 for two years straight. Every day. You've seen me in public. You've seen me in private. You've witnessed my miracles. You've listened. You've hung on every word of my teaching. Who do you say that I am? How about you? Who do you say that I am? And, And this guy named Peter, he takes a step forward and speaks for the whole group. This is what he says. And Peter said, you, you are the Christ. That word is not a name. It's a title. It means king. It means God's king. It means king of kings. You are God's king. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. In other words, Peter is saying, Jesus, you are God. You're as much God as God the Father is God. You're simply his son. Jesus, you are God's living. You are the living son of God. And Jesus said to Peter, there's not even a heartbeat that passes between them until Jesus says, you are blessed. Peter, you are are blessed. I wonder how that felt to receive blessing from Jesus. We don't have to guess. 
Because me, you, when we declare our belief that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus blesses us. In fact, here's the deal. Boop. Confess that Jesus is God's Son and he blesses you. And his blessing is pervasive. And his blessing is all-encompassing. But Jesus wanted Peter to know that this blessing is going to be way bigger than just Peter. Here's what Jesus goes on to say. He says, you are Peter. The Greek word there is Petros. It means a stone. You are Peter. And I guarantee that on this rock, he's referencing what Peter had said about Jesus, that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. He uses now a different Greek word. It's Petra. And it means a massive mound of stones, like a rock solid foundation. Jesus is saying to Peter, when you said that I am the Christ, the son of the living God, that's it. That's it. And that will be the rock solid foundation of the church I build. I guarantee that on the rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overpower it. Now in the time I have left, I want us to focus just to shrink down our vision and focus on those five words Jesus said, I will build my church. Let's just take them apart piece by piece. Why did Jesus use that singular personal pronoun, I? He did not say we, I. Why did he say I? Well, we see in scripture that Jesus took opportunity to reveal his true identity with metaphor after metaphor after metaphor. In, in fact, Jesus makes seven, seven I am declarations about himself so that we would know who he is. Here's the first. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And that day, bread was called the essence of life. You can't get along without it. So Jesus is saying to us, I am your sustainer. I am your strength. I am the essential aspect of your life that keeps you alive and will keep you alive forever. He went on to say, revealing his true identity, I am the light of the world. Jesus is the light that pierces the darkness. Jesus is the light that pushes back the darkness. Jesus is the light that exposes the darkness in me and the darkness in you, the darkness in our community, the darkness in our world. Jesus is the light that explodes the darkness. He went on to say that I am the door. Through Jesus we enter into a real relationship with God. Through Jesus, we can have a very personal and profound experience of God. Through Jesus, it's not just that we know about God, we personally come to know God as our heavenly father. Jesus went on to say, I am the resurrection and the life. On the cross, when he was cruelly brutalized, Finally, at the end, when they shoved that spear up under his ribcage and into his heart, and when they yanked it out, out poured blood and water, irrefutable evidence that Jesus was fully physically dead. They removed his limp, lifeless body from the cross, laid it in a stone-sealed tomb. That was Friday. And then on Sunday morning, the first Easter, God raised Jesus from the dead, giving him the freedom to proclaim of himself, that I am the resurrection and the life. I beat death, I beat hell, I beat the grave. And to offer to us his resurrection power, I mean me, I mean you, I mean my dad when he passed away, and to offer us everlasting life.
He went on to say, I am the good shepherd, indicating that he would be our protector, our provider, our guide. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is our everything. And finally, in the book of Revelation, John writes, Jesus speaking, I am the first and the last and everything in between. I am the beginning and the end. That's your Jesus. That's my Jesus. He is the beginning and the end. From the end, he can see what happens. I didn't know that my Debbie was going to get Alzheimer's, but Jesus saw it coming. I didn't know my dad. I knew my dad was going to pass away. Well, all pass away, but I didn't know it was going to happen at about five in the morning on June 7th. My mom, who had never lived alone, met him when she was 16, married him when she was 17, was married to him for nearly 75 years, and now she's a widow, alone for the first time in her own home. But Jesus saw it coming so he can shepherd her, so he can open a door for Debbie and I to enter into the presence of God, so he can be our life, the bread of our life, our hope, our peace. Um, just as Jesus makes these seven I am declarations about himself to convey to us his unique identity, he also makes seven I will promises. The I am de declarations reveal his person. The I will promises reveal his purpose. What we are to be as his church. Let me give you, the very first one is I will build my church. Okay, here's the second. When I am lifted up on the cross, I will draw everyone to me. That's why you're here. Jesus has drawn you to himself. The church Jesus builds is a church that is attractive to all people. The people may, may reject the attraction. that They may resist the drawing power of Jesus. But the church Jesus builds is a church that's attractive to all people. Here's the, here's the next I will statement of Jesus. He said, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you, I will give you rest. Everywhere else we go in life, we get pressure, we get stressed. This is where we come for the pressure to be off and we get peace. This is where we come to de-stress and we experience the rest of Jesus and in the rest of Jesus, yes, there's peace, there's more, there's hope. In the rest of Jesus, there is joy. In the rest of Jesus, there is super abundant life. Come unto me, all ye who are tired and weary, and I will give you rest. The church that Jesus builds is a place of peace and rest. He goes on to say, I will never, never, never turn away anyone who comes to me. A church that Jesus builds extends unconditional acceptance to all who come to Jesus. I got to set you up for the next one because what happens was un, what happened was unprecedented. It was unexpected and uh, more than awkward. Uh, the disciples of Jesus thought it was pretty gross because what happens is a leper approaches Jesus. I mean, comes right up to Jesus. In that day, I mean, leprosy is a hideous skin disease. Years ago, I was hiking out in Colorado uh, with Dr. Paul Brandt. I don't know if you've read any of his books, but he spent his life with his mom and dad in India serving the lepers. And the stories he told me about leprosy, I mean, horrific. 
You see, leprosy is a hideous skin disease. I mean, parts of the body just fall off. The nerve endings um, are, are, are dead and dying. Leprosy was used as a metaphor for sin because leprosy is a hideous skin disease that brings about the death of the body. Sin is a hideous spiritual disease that brings about the death of a soul. But this leper, I mean, what you're supposed to do if you're a leper, you're wearing rags, you can't dress like other people, so people, when they see you, know you're a leper. I mean, you already smell bad, but you gotta get like 20 feet away and shout out, hey, unclean, unclean, stay away, I'm unclean. This guy comes right up to Jesus, and you know what he says to Jesus? He says, I believe you can make me clean if you will. Here's what Jesus says. I will be clean. And the guy, bam, just like that, the guy is fully cleansed. His skin is smooth and as clean as a little baby's bottom. So the church that Jesus builds is to be a place of healing and cleansing. This is where all of our guilt and shame is is cleansed away. What does the Bible say? All of our sins are washed away. I will you be clean. Jesus said, his next I will promise is this. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And where he comes, he comes with his peace. And where he comes, he comes with his power. And where he comes, he comes with his love. Where he comes, he comes with his joy. He keeps showing up and showing off in the church that he is allowed to build. And here's the final I will promise of Jesus. Whatever you request or pray along the lines of who I am and what I'm doing, I will do it. So the church that Jesus builds is a church where prayers are answered according to his plan and his purpose. He gives us the I am's. He gives us the I will's. I will build. He is the only one who can say, my church. He did not say, I have come to build my school or my company or, or my social service agency, as important as those things may be. He said, I have come to build my church. Here's what the Bible says. It is his church purchased. Why is it his? He purchased it with his own shed blood on the cross. The Bible goes on to say, Christ is the head of his body, the church. He's the very beginning, the first to be raised from death so that in everything he might have the supremacy. He gets to make the decision. He gets to craft the plans. He gets to set out the strategy. He gets to give the vision. It's his church and in everything he has the supremacy. The Bible goes on to say, Christ loved, excuse me, Christ showed his love to the church when he died for her to make her holy. There's no way that you could ever be holy apart from Jesus. When he died on the cross, he took everything bad about you on himself and put all his goodness on you. Everything wrong with you, put on him. Everything right with Jesus, put on you. Everything vile in me, on Jesus. And everything holy in Jesus, on me. There's no way that we could be cleansed of guilt and shame apart from Jesus. He died on the cross to make us, his church, holy and clean. 
How? Washed by baptism. It's baptism. That's how you become a part of his church. Washed not just by baptism, but by an ongoing cleansing and life in his word, God's word. Why? So he could give her, the church, his people, to himself as a glorious church. Jesus makes seven I am declarations revealing his identity, who he is to us. Seven I will promises to indicate his purpose for his church and what a church looks like that is built by him. But when Jesus made those I am declarations, I am the bread of life, I am the light of the world, I am the good shepherd, we must make declarations as well. The truth about us. And I'm gonna ask you to do that this morning. I'm gonna ask you to say them out loud so you can hear them with the sound of your own voice. I'd like for us all to stand together right now. Um, please stand with me. Stand, you know, even if you're not yet a believer, I'm sure there are people in the room that are just checking Jesus out and you're why we do everything here. We're glad you're here. But we want you to say these words. I want you to hear the truth about yourself with the sound of your own voice. I will say them. You say the phrases right after me. This is the truth about you. Get this tattooed, not on your left thigh, but on your heart, okay? Here we go together. I am deeply loved. loved. That's you. That's the truth about you. I am fully forgiven. Isn't that crazy? Fully forget. I mean, everything bad, everything hateful, everything hurtful, every word, every thought wrong. Fully forgiven. All past sin, all present sin, all future sin when we give our lives to Jesus. I am highly valued. That's the truth about you. I am all new. The old is gone. The new has come. Those who are in Christ are new creations. I am spiritually gifted. I am an overcomer. That's the truth about you. Please stay standing. Because just as the I will, excuse me, I am declarations of Jesus call us to make declarations about ourselves, the truth about us, I am highly valued. I am fully forgiven. I am all new. I am deeply loved. His I will promises call us to make promises of our own, our own will yielded to his will. Again, you may not yet be a Christ follower. You may not yet believe we are glad you're here. You may not yet be baptized. You may not yet have shared fully with Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection. But I want you to hear these words with the sound of your own voice. Let's say them together. Just repeat after me. I will believe and be baptized. I'll say the next myself. On Saturday night, they tried to say it with me and they really cramped my style. (laughs) This is the word, these are the words of Jesus. Anyone, anyone is you, anyone is me, anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. I will be joyful joyful. and pray and and be thankful. Here's the word of God be joyful always. Pray, be thankful in all circumstances. Each of these I will declarations come right from God's word. Here's the next one. I will listen. listen. 
This is a prayer of scripture that I pray on a regular basis. I had no idea that I would become the primary caregiver for my Debbie and her Alzheimer's. I had no clue about how that would work. I'm still learning. One thing I've learned, it's all counterintuitive. All I know for sure is that she needs to hear me say, I love you. And I need to put her in, in, with people and places where she is told and affirmed that she is loved and wanted and needing, that she is beautiful, that she is wonderful, that she is valued, that she is loved. So every day I've got to pray, Lord, speak. Your servant is listening. I need God to speak to me about how to care for my my wife, how to speak to my mom and her grief and her loss. I don't want to stand up here and give you something from me. I want it to be from God's heart into my heart, into your heart. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Go back just a second. Go back to that. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. This is just scripture. I'd encourage you to pray it this afternoon. When you have a free moment, when your mind is at rest, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. He wants to speak. He wants to talk to you about your marriage. He wants to talk to you about your children. He wants to talk to you about your finances. He wants to talk to you about your emotions. He wants to talk to you about your thought life. He wants to talk to you about everything. When you go to bed tonight, when your head hits a pillow, just whisper to the Lord into the darkness. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Tomorrow morning, when you get up before your feet hit the floor, Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And then the final, I will for us. Say it after me. I will obey. obey. Jesus said, if you love me, obey me. And he meant in every, every regard, in our emotions. And the great thing, there's huge payoff. When we obey him in our emotions, the payoff is the joy of the Lord is my strength. The peace that passes all understanding settles on my heart. In our thought life, we begin to function with the mind of Christ when we obey him with our thoughts. We take every thought captive and make it obedient to Jesus. In our finances, we are obedient to Jesus with our finances. We are obedient to Jesus in our relationships, with our children, in our marriages, with our church, with our God, with each other. If you love me, obey me. Jesus has succinctly, with seven different angles, revealed with his I am declarations who he is to you, his true identity. And your true identity, if you know him, is that you are highly vowed, you are deeply loved, you are fully forgiven. I'd like to pray over you now as we leave this place to make those I will commitments the reality of our lives. Um, it's, we have some, at least one baptism this morning, and if you've never obeyed Jesus uh, by sharing with him fully in his death and burial and resurrection. Baptism, this is your time. Just come right to the front. It's why God has brought you here today. And Jake or I or one of the staff will meet you down here. If if there is some area of your life where you need a touch of Jesus, uh, I invite you to the front just to let me or Jake or one of our staff pray with you. 
Um, but let me pray God's blessing over you right now. Would you bow with me, please? Father, these folks have come today, some of them for the very first time. Some of them are really fresh here. Some of them have been here as long as I have, Lord. And I just call down your goodness on them, Lord Jesus. Your loving kindness, Lord Jesus, all over this room. Your loving kindness. Your deep compassion. Lord Jesus, draw us, draw everyone in this room to yourself right now. Draw all those that, that you're calling to be baptized. Draw them right now, Lord. Ooh, the, the marriages that, 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 that you want to restore, Lord. Call them in humility, Lord. Call us to yourself, Lord Jesus, now, and let us respond. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Central Wire podcast. Be sure to stay connected with us at centralwire.com and follow us on our social media platforms. That way you can stay up to date with what's happening here at Central. And as always, have a great week.